Garfield Japan. What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Faded Japan. I am your host, Johnny. Shh. And I'm Tom Tom Tokyo, your co-host. That's right. And as you find folks know, Got Faded Japan is about two dudes, booze. Japan and the news. That's right. Tommy, what episode is this? I do believe it's episode 539. 539. Tommy, I gotta say, man, you're looking pretty good today, man, because there was a massive protest, possibly a riot in Shibuya, and you've got no black eyes, no broken bones, you've got most of your teeth, kinda, and I'm assuming that you were not in the riot slash protest. Uh, I most certainly was not. Uh, I was a little bit preoccupied. Uh, my buddy Sean from Vancouver uh, came down and said, he said, basically said, hey, man, let's hang out. I was like, all right. So uh, we took little baby Dano for a walk, and him and my wife, and he rocked up. And we walked by a bar, and it said, like, very cheap, all you can drink. For, so for 20 bucks, uh, we drank beer for two hours. And, and I ate some damn fine chicken if I do say my soul myself. You know what? I think 20 bucks is a great price for all you can drink for two hours. That is phenomenal. And if you don't get the COVID, I mean, if you're completely clean, it's completely well worth it. But if you wind up with the COVID and uh, you die, well, 20 bucks well spent, I guess. Oh, dude, we fucking we were knocking them back pretty hardcore, man. Because like Sean, Sean mailed me. Actually, you know what? I was almost like in that area because Sean, like, Sean kept mailing me about going to Tasuichi. And I was like... I shouldn't be spending money. Gonna had to twist my arm to get me to go to like this other place, even though it was super cheap. But I was like, nah, it's worth it, man. I mean, I, we drank at a bar. Remember those things? A fucking bar. Actually, that is pretty awesome, man. I haven't drank in a bar in fucking months and months and months, dude. I fucking, I leave my house and I go straight to the supermarket, get my beer, get my groceries and get the fuck back, dude. I fucking, dude, I'm still fucking cautious about this fucking pandemic bullshit that we don't really talk about. But since you brought it up, we'll do it. But um, yeah, man, fucking, I, I think right now all these people are outside protesting and screaming at cops and setting shit on fire and stuff. I think this is just some kind of a backwards way how to kill the public and shit. I mean, fucking everybody goes out, they protest, the cops come out, they fight and stuff. Cops, all the cops have fucking gas masks on. Half the protesters, I mean, probably not even half that. I mean, very few, I don't know. I, I didn't come, but I'm assuming half of the protesters don't have masks on and they're screaming at each other. I mean, that is just like the, the, the perfect breeding ground. Like that's like ground zero for like this fucking coronavirus and shit. So I think in the next like fucking two weeks, there's going to be a lot of cases in the United States and possibly Japan, because we did have a riot here in Tokyo, Japan. That is absolutely a fact. And um, 
The thing is, though, that the difference between riots in Japan and riots in the United States is this, man. Um, in the United States, it's fucking Mad Max. People go berserker. I mean, it is just fucking Hulk time, right? But in Japan, there's like maybe 50 people and, you know, they're kind of yelling, but they're not yelling that loud and stuff. And they got signs, but the signs are more mostly polite and stuff. And um, although when it does come to those signs, I got to say a couple of them read fuck the police. Now, Tom, when I say the phrase fuck the police, what comes to mind? Uh, NWA. Fuck the police. Straight around. Okay, great. So there's that fuck the police, which is like anti-police. But now, if I was a Japanese police officer with limited English skills, right? And I'm just like, I'm like, oh, I'm a police officer. I know a couple of English words and I'm just doing my duty and protecting the peace and blah, blah, blah. And I see a sign that is being held by a big foreigner and it says, fuck the police. What do you think is going through the cop's mind? You think maybe you think the cops are thinking sexy, sexy time? They're kind of like, hey, I, uh, I already got the handcuffs. Exactly, man. Because the cop's like, fuck the police. What does fuck mean? Sexual intercourse. Hardcore sexual intercourse with the police. Oh, my God. They love me. Ah, hello. My name is Saito-san. I'm a police officer. I have a badge, handcuffs. I have a pistol that I don't use. <laughs> That's a funny joke. Both of them I don't really use. I've been divorced for uh, about three months now. Um, my wife, I actually haven't seen her in six years. She lives up north in Hokkaido. And uh, I'm pretty much married to my job. But um, I, I, I'm looking for some companionship. I'm lonely. I do have handcuffs. They're fuzzy. I lost the keys. <laughs> Please, fuck the police. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Could you imagine, dude, if they, if they actually do, looked do, it up in the dictionary, they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> do you think do you think some of like the, you know, the guy, the ones that don't speak any English were kind of like, dude. We're gonna get so late tonight, and then, then the few that, that actually do speak English were just like, "I'm just not even gonna explain the situation." <laughs> yeah, dude, that's hilarious, man. That's hilarious. How I mean, how some words are taken out of context. Like, you suck. And, you know, if I'm Japanese, like a police officer, and somebody goes, "Yeah, cop, you suck," and I look it up, I'm like, "Yeah, I." I do suck. I, I love all sorts of sucky things. I like sucky candy and I like the, the sucky lollipops you get at Don Quixote and stuff. I, I'm definitely a sucker. <laughs> Words yeah. taken out of context. We should have Adam 3 make like a comic strip about that. I think that'd be hilarious. I mean, if he ever gets back on those uh, Saturday morning cartoons that he used to do for us, that would be hysterical. Bad words taken out of context in Japan. How many fucking times have you have you seen this, dude? I heard I, I once heard a story like uh, some uh, some gaijin was in a rough area and like he got into uh, basically an argument with uh, some guy, somebody who was uh, missing fingers, shall we say? Uh -huh. And they started yelling at him in Japanese, and he just turned around. And he, just, he he chose to speak speak English, and he just looked at the guy and said, "You're gonna be sorry." And like the guy heard sorry and thought he was apologizing, went. Okay, okay, and just bow, bow it and just let it go. <laughs> you said sorry like, first. Weird okay, fucking, I win. You, you hear weird stories like, yeah, I mean, you do hear weird fucking stories like that. Where I mean, it's probably, it's probably happened to you and I like dozens of times where you say something and like somebody like picks up one word and like takes it completely out of context. 
I mean, shit, dude, like that happens at home all the fucking time. That's this is why I just choose to speak Japanese to my wife. Because like half the time I say something, she just like takes it the wrong way. Yeah, that's probably why she doesn't like a lot of your friends. Oh man, that's that's interesting. Oh man, but yeah, yeah. we've got to get Adam three on that man. That's that's too good. That's too good to let loose, man. So. Oh, shit, man. Faders, today we've got a very special episode. Uh, because of the coronavirus, we don't have that much news, but we got something a little bit better. Um, today's episode is the episode of a shinobi. Shinobi, Tom. Who and what or when was shinobi? Actually, not specifically shinobi. We're going to talk about kunoichi. Oh shit! You told me it was Shinobi. Johnny, uh, it's Shinobi of a certain persuasion, shall we say? Oh god! Yeah, oh. you ever heard this term used before, Kunoichi? Oh, dude, of course I have, man. I've been living in Japan for this long; I know everything about it. Now, there's a shit ton of comic books and movies about this subject. Are we going to cover those? Oh, dude, this is a metric fuck ton. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Like, it, it, it's all organized. That'll be at the end. Oh, um, okay. The suspense is killing like, me. Yeah. This is uh this is part yeah this is part two of our historical figures and again um I'm gonna be honest I was actually uh, researching uh, Nobunaga the uh, crazy fucking warlord that almost united all of Japan but mm-hmm. like ah I gotta I gotta be honest I think he's a really super interesting historical figure he's a very well known and b like this this. It, it, it almost gets political about the opinions about him. So like, because like, I guess, I guess like some of like, you know, the descendants of that time are still kind of pissed off. Either he, they thought he was a great guy. Cause you know, he did awesome shit or other people th- thought he was a total shithead. And it's just, it's too divisive and it kind of burned me out. So, uh, I'd also, and on a lesser note, I would like prefer to stick to like lesser known characters and heroes from Japanese. Japanese uh, history so uh yeah we're gonna go with this one so we're gonna talk about kunoichi okay uh i'm gonna preface this article by saying that i was actually researching a bunch of other historical shit on japan but seeing as how hanakimura unfortunately took her own life due to cyberbullying by some insult dipshits i figured the ladies could use a win right now so here we go with an in-depth article about, about some very seriously badass women a kunoichi is a female ninja or practitioner of ninjutsu. During the feudal period of Japan, ninjas were used as killers, spies, and messengers. The training in kunichi differed from the training given to male ninjas, though they had a common set of scores. Uh, they had a common core, core uh, common core of set skills being trained in the martial arts, such as taijutsu. Kenjutsu and ninjutsu, of course. Kunichi training tended to prioritize traditional female skills as well. So, okay, real quick, uh, I, I just threw a bunch of Japanese at you. You, you. you familiar with any of these words? Uh, how about first one, taijutsu? All right, man, I'm going to be honest. I know karate, judo, taekwondo, ninjutsu, and a little bit of kung fu. I know what they mean, but I don't know how to do them. Uh, okay, taijutsu would, would be uh, essentially an unarmed combat. So it'd be... I guess I, I guess you put karate, kickboxing, you know, under that large umbrella. It's it's essentially like using the body on unarmed combat. Uh, kenjutsu would be weaponry training, and ninjutsu is well, pro- probably pretty fucking obvious. Yep, the study of the ninja. Okay, so uh, yes, the term is thought to derive from names of characters that resemble the three strokes in Japanese kanji character for woman. 
uh, aka Ona, in the following stroke order. Yeah, and I'm not. I promise you, I'm not going to get too heavy into the Japanese. But like, I did. I did find this really interesting once I once I saw it because I've seen the I've seen it written in Japanese, and I can't believe I didn't pick this up. But um, yeah, Ku is Hiragana. Uh, yeah, Ku is a Hiragana character pronounced Ku. Okay, that's um, basically. I know this is a. I know this is an audio only podcast, but the Ku is like. A, I guess uh, right side is greater than left side. It's the greater than thing. Uh, no is basically a, uh, katakana character pronounced no. Okay. So it's a slash with a little bit of a curvature and Ichi is the kanji character. Okay. So this is like the old Chinese, uh, it's basically a hyphen mark. It's just like one straight hyphen and it's, it's a dash. And when you Voltron these together, they actually mean woman. So that, that I, I thought that was kind of cool and very fitting for this. So like it, you, it, so he uses the. Basically, not to get too heavy into like language, but like hiragana and katakana. Hiragana is the main language, uh, the main written language in Japanese. Katakana is uh, also another written language, but for foreign words and kanji is the old Chinese characters. So it's kind of like it's there, but it's hidden. You just kind of bolt around them together. So that was really fucking cool, like how this word came about. It's pretty cool. Also, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you know uh, the word for. I don't know if like, are you familiar with the kanji for woman? Wait, yeah, yeah, I thought the, the kanji for woman, the symbol is kind of like, uh, it looks like a woman bending over and being obedient. Yeah, pretty much. I always kind of thought that. that and I, I also that's the way I was taught it. it. So that like that's what my teacher said yeah, way back in the day. Like, He's like, it's a woman being obedient. And I was like, well, that's kind of sexist. What the fuck? And then he's like, and uh, if you want noise or noisy, it's actually three women together. So if you put these three kanjis together, it means noisy. And I was like... That is really sexist. Oh shit! And this is the alphabet. And he's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Everybody studies this." He's like, "Everybody knows it." I was like, "Oh man, kind of sexist." Oh yeah, and not only that. Like, um, what else can I say? Oh, the for for Yasui, the character for Chief is a woman under a roof. It's like, oh, yeah. When man. I learned that, I was like, "Wow, this is just really bad." This is just bad. This also, is just I, bad. I, and, me, me personally, I was I was kind of thought that like be like a woman bent over, but it also you know I also kind of thought it always looked like a vagina a little bit when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, if you tilt your head a little bit to the right and you squint your eyes and you get really really close, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> <laughs> you got to use your imagination yeah, when it comes to kanji uh, Vader. Seriously, if you really want to learn kanji. You gotta have a massive imagination or a lot of fucking time. Most people have a lot of fucking time. Tom's got a good imagination, though. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's uh, there. Well, it's. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say this, but it does kind of look like there's a <clears throat> an opening, to say the least. Did you try smelling anyway, that kanji after you wrote it? Uh, and there's <laughs> no, but I may may not try to lick it. I'm just joking now, dude. Not I don't I don't fucking read that far into the fucking kanji, dude. But um, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, and there's quite a bit of debate about uh, this saying that this word is more mon- modern term brought into popular era due to some novels in the '60s and later further cemented by video games because of course there were always video games. Here are a couple of legendary female ninja. I've got not one, not two, but three. So we're dealing with a triple barrel. 
It's a triple threat. Badass female ninja. Okay, so first off, we have Umemura Sawano was a Konoichi who is thought to have served the Takeda clan. And her history is detailed in a 13-meter-long ninjutsu scroll handed down in the Matsuhiro domain. Introduced her as a founder of this school of ninja, Sonata clan, the daimyo of uh, Matsushiro, uh, Domain was former retainer of the Takeda clan, and Umera Suwano worked for him. And of this magical 13-meter scroll detailing her life history, we have fuck-all info over her. So thanks, Internet. Now, seriously, like, I was like, I this right off the bat, this is one of the first names that comes up in my research into, like, female ninja. And, oh, great, 13-meter scroll detailing her life and history. And that's it. This is literally... After fucking multiple searches, like trying to run her name through the different fucking ways, that's that's it. Wait a second, dude. You're telling me that there's a 13 meter scroll of this ninja's life, and it's not being released to the public, and it's not translated in English. Uh, apparently not. Either that, or it's a super secret ninja stuff. I don't know. Oh my god, dude. I want to get my hands on that scroll, dude. It's probably got some really insane info, dude. Maybe she's killed like a thousand or maybe ten thousand men. And maybe like somebody somewhere of power is just like, we can't let this get out. We can't let this get out. She's killed ten thousand of us. This is such an embarrassment, you know? Yeah, so yeah, like also she founded a ninja, her own ninja school. So I I would assume this lady was pretty badass. Wait, was it a ninja school for women? Yes, it was. That is fucking cool. Hell yeah, dude. That's fucking awesome. Okay, moving up next, we have Hatsume no Subone, who was oh, a right. legendary Japanese woman from the Sengoku period. She was famous as the main character of a historical novel, Sekigahara by Ryotaro Shiba. In the novel, she was a kunoichi, a female ninja sent by Tokugawa Ieyasu to spy on his political enemy, Ishida Matsunari, for the Battle of Sekigahara. Many writers say that Hatsume fell in love with the character of Ishida Matsunari and began working for him in his Western army for having served the Tokugawa shogunate. She was able to walk freely in the Edo, a.k.a. old-timey Tokyo, to later inform of Ieyasu's plans. After Hatsume betrayed Tokugawa Ieyasu and tried to kill him, Ieyasu had her condemned to death. She is said to have lodged at uh, Sawayama Castle in Omi Prefecture and, has, and became a mistress of M- uh, Mitsunari. After Ishida Mitsunari's death at the Battle of Sekigahara, she disappeared from historical records and, is, and her existence is highly debated. Okay, wait a second, man. Wait a second. I'm so confused. So she's a ninja and she's working for one guy and she goes to spy on another guy and then she falls in love with this guy and then he has her sentenced to death once he found out she was a ninja? Uh, no, yeah, she, she, she got hired by one of the most powerful, like, uh, lords in Japan, like Tokugawa Ieyasu, who was, was actually, he was one of Nobunaga's underlings. We'll, we'll cover him, like, maybe this more in another uh, historical article. But essentially, yeah, yeah. so she uh, hooked up with uh, Ishida Matsunari got kind of close to him and then she just kind of said fuck it i'm in love and she switched sides shit dude all right see that's the big difference between ninja and samurai dude once a ninja has or once a samurai has a boss 
Like, once he's got his, like, shogun or whatever, I mean, that's his man, dude. I mean, he would commit, like, seppuku harakiri and stuff before he fucking did anything against his master, right? Ninja, dude, ninja, they will do anything for a dollar, man. Ninja's like, all right, I'm on your side, but if this side over here, if they give me just a little bit more money, I'm going over there, and I'll probably kill you later. Seriously, man, the big Um difference. No, I mean, I agree with you. Like, what you're saying about the samurai is very accurate. Like, yeah, like, you know, the, when when they were sworn, they swore fealty to a lord. Like, they were like, it was fucking their right or die. Yep. They were, like, dishonored or made to look bad. They fucking straight up killed themselves. But, uh, no, nah, this lady's like, you know, nah, she just, like, she was sent to spy on a dude. She wound up falling fall in love with him and switched sides. So it was just like, you know, she, I guess she kind of went, hey, I got options. It's got to be a movie, dude. It's definitely a movie, right? It was a book, but it's got to be a movie. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me because there's been a, well, we'll get, we'll get to it later, but there's a, an ungodly amount of movies and anime and video games and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, again, this is a historical novel, so it's historical fiction. Not saying it's accurate, but I, I thought it was kind of an interesting story that I'd throw that in there for a paragraph or two. Well, wait a second. This isn't real? This is a, this is the pr- inherent problem of all these, like, ladies that I mentioned, like, their existence is highly debatable. Like some historians are argue that like that they're just a fucking myth or a legend. Others say, no, there's totes, there's totes real. Was it? We don't know, dude. Ninja. Think about it, man. Like ninjas, like the opposite of every other profession, man, because like, you know, if you become a famous ninja, that's a bad thing. Yeah, I guess you're right. Shit, dude. Well, let's just all close our eyes and hope that it's real. <laughs> Just like Santa Claus, man. All right. Uh, so there's three of them. There's like another one, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%, man. Like, I, I just, I, I hope, I really hope this is true because like, this is like, this is pretty good. Okay, so now let's dive into the fucking main, uh, the main lady that I was able to find out about. But to get into the really hardcore badassery, we have to kiss the ring of the woman that took the crown. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! If you're going to get your fit on, you got to get your fit on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing. It comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your fade on in style. Proper. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. 
That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right. Over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, Got Fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right, Got Fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya, about five minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. Hey yo, what's up, Baders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So, if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So, come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T H E S P I L T I N K.com. Thespiltink.com. Prepa. Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each, and they're worth so much more. These, are, these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool. That's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilled Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilled Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So, faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. The one and the only Mochizuki Chiyome, the undisputed legendary female ninja warrior. Now, before we get into too much detail about her life, I would like to say that a lot of what follows is very much up for debate. And considering that ninja, the ninja profession is one of those, if you were becoming famous, that was kind of a bad thing. So it's basically the opposite of practically what every other career has to offer. Also, keep in mind that at this point in history, where men tended to hog all the credit and think much less of women, but as you will soon see, Presented, this presented Chiyome with an excellent and,、uh, dare I say, unique opportunity, sparking the fuse.
As to be expected with legendary folk heroes, there's a lot of contradictory opinions about Chiyome and her existence. Some historians believe she wasn't real, while others say her name was used by several different women. Another camp believes that she did exist, though, although her exploits were greatly exaggerated. Mochizuki Shiyome wasn't born into any particular ninja clan. Her, her earliest notable event seems to be her, her marrying Moritoki, a member of the powerful Takeda clan and nephew of, to the clan leader Takeda Shingen. It was during this time that Takeda, the, the, the Takeda clan was warring with the Uesugi and Tokugawa clans for mainland Japan, known as Honshu. Takeda Shingen was under the threat of assassination quite often, and his own entourage was infiltrated by spies and riddled with traitors. Fight back. He set to work to create his own mighty, mighty network of spies to gain control over his own men and weed out any of the rotten ones. I also may have misspoke when I say that she wasn't exactly born into a ninja clan. What is highly important here is that she was a direct descendant of the Kogan ninja. If you're not aware of these guys, then... They are some of the most legendary badass ninja ever. Tons and tons of video games and anime and you name it. However, given that they were very much ninja, their exploits are still shrouded in mystery, even to this day. Koga is a blanket term used to refer to uh, ninja of, uh, from the Koga region or modern-day Shiga prefecture. There are some of theirs... There are said to be some of their des uh, descendants still alive today, and even a few tourist hotspots with English-speaking tourists and friendly faces and the like. Legend has it that the true descendants of such lineage are indoctrinated into government service and, are, and basically do modern-day ninja stuff, such as spying and assassinations. But no one really knows for, for sure, because, you know, duh, ninja, they be super secret. Anyway... Back to our heroine of the story. Chiyome was the descendant of the ninja Mochizuki Izumo no Kami, was an OG in the ninja game and was famous and legendary as one could become given his ninja profession. By all accounts, she had a pretty good life uh, going for her, especially given that Japan was going through a, a period known as the Warring States era. Which, if you're not familiar, it's basically what it sounds like. Just think Game of Thrones, only more Japanese. So yeah, shit got wrecked during this momentous period. But luckily for her, she was a noble woman and married off to Mochizuki Moritoki, who was a pretty important lord in his day. As a dutiful wife, she supported her husband and didn't really get involved in active combat until he was killed in the fourth battle of Kawanakajima in 1561. Shiyome was then approached by the daimyo of the Takeda clan, Takeda Shingen, and was thus taken under his wing. Shingen was certainly a sort of think-outside-the-box guy and was clearly ahead of his time. Knowing full well that his family didn't possess the wealth or military might of some of his rival clans, he approached Shiyome with an insane idea that was practically unthinkable at the time. By the way, this article is, as you can probably guess, is basically going to get nuts. I'm, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase it. Like, so, so her, basically, her husband was killed and... Her uncle, who was basically like the fucking big shot lord at the time, came to her and said, you want to wreck some shit? Why don't you start your own ninja school? And she was down with it. If you can't do, teach. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Wow, this is going to get a lot more epically badass, but hold on. I think I need to fortify myself with another drink. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. Accepting her mission, Shiyome set up the village of Nezu in the Shinshu region and started recruiting. 
She only began by taking in orphan girls and prostitutes and other girls who were considered largely undesirable by society. It was those lives who it was those whose lives had been ripped apart by civil wars of the Sengoku period that had every right to be pissed off and jump all into this endeavor. The outside world, Chiyomi appeared to be a benevolent motherly figure, giving the girls a better life. In reality, she was training them to be spies, seductresses, and killers. These girls were taught the way of the Miko, aka the wandering Shinto priestess, which gave them the ability to travel all over Japan without drawing any sort of suspicion. Once again, Chiyomi disguised herself as a charitable, noble woman, seeking to do good amongst a land riddled with so much evil. She traveled around Koga and other nearby provinces in search of girls who would join her cause, specifically targeting villages and towns that had been pillaged by marauding samurai ronin. She hoped to draw in these, uh, those girls who, and other lost souls who were searching for something to believe in a time when, where blood and chaos reigned. Due, the, due to the patriarchal society of Japan, women were not considered threats. Opening a door for Mochizuki Chiyome's female ninjas to successfully disrupt operations without ever being suspected. They became so good at what they did that Takeda Shingen began winning more and more battles. At one point, Takeda was even more pow even powerful enough to stand up to Nobunaga, defeating the combined forces of Nobunaga and Tokugawa Ieyasu at the Battle of uh, Mikitagarahara. Okay, so again, this is a big fucking deal. We were talking about Nobunaga and how much of a fucking badass before, like... He obviously didn't lose a lot of battles, but this is one of those notable defeats. Oh, man, Faders. At this time, this is completely unheard of in a full-on situation. I mean, for this to happen, it's just like the shit hitting the fan in Japan at this time. Yeah, so shit got real. And and once again, like, the, I, I find this this period, this, like, the, the warring states where Japan is just kind of, like, just everything's rat-fucked is a really interesting period. So we've talked about Nobunaga. We've talked about the the last historical episode. We did uh, Yasu, the fucking black samurai. Like, these were all contemporaries. This is all going on at the same time in period, you know, in this period of history. God, it's got to be such a crazy time to live in, you know? I mean, right now, I mean, this is pretty crazy, right? We've got a pandemic. We've got riots and protests. I mean, it's pretty nuts right now. But back then, it's just like... You're in a village of like, what, 5,000 people today? Tomorrow, the village is just gone. You know, if like an army rolls in, it's like samurai ninjas, dude. Everything's been cut to shreds and stuff. And if you survive, that means you're part of like this new army and stuff, which means you're going to go to another village and chop them down or you get chopped down or something like that. And uh, yeah, man, everybody was fighting everybody at that time, dude. And if you didn't have a samurai sword, man, you were somebody's bitch. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, it's like it was not a pro probably not a fun time to be li living during. But like, again, but like a lot of interesting like shit happened. Uh, like, like, I think we've had this discussion before, but like, you know, that, you know, once in a while you get like that fortune cookie that says, may you live in interesting times. I'm pretty sure that's a curse. No, it is a curse, dude. That's a real big curse. And right now we are living in interesting times, just like these mofos in the story, man. It's pretty crazy. No, I agree. Like 100 <clears throat> percent. So um, here's where start, shit starts to get real. Rumors began to spread throughout the Ies and Tokugawa camps that there were female demons traversing through the land using hexes and black magic and other assorted skills of the dark arts. Uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh. Shit just got real. No, I mean, I almost spilled my drink. Also, we're being perfectly honest. Uh, their role as assassins was probably about as good as it gets. Get men naked without weapons and kill them when they're their most vulnerable sounds like a winning strategy. 
hell, even seducing powerful men, just letting them run their mouths about stuff their samurai would, would uh, uh, I don't know how they would assume their silly female brains wouldn't be able to comprehend. Sounds like hitting the info gold mine. Also, they employed some pretty crafty ideas and gadgets, such as hiding handheld weapons inside musical instruments, coating hairpins with deadly poison, concealing other poisons as makeup, and of course, lots of seduction and dirty, dirty sex. Another common tactic was that if they were caught doing something they shouldn't be, be doing by a man was to run away whilst ripping their clothes off and scream, he's trying to rape me. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Oh, man. So uh, they were the uh, ninja nudists? <laughs> or the nudist ninjas? I don't know. I am fucking dead serious. So if you think about it, though, that that's a pretty good strategy because, like, you know, imagine, you know, like, you're, you're just some, like, not, not even a samurai, just, like, some, you know, fucking guard or whatever or servant in the castle. And you're just, like, you know, you catch her, like, you know, spying or in a room where she shouldn't be or doing something she shouldn't be. And you're like, hey, what do you think you're doing? And she just, like, just starts ripping her clothes up, running away, going, he's trying to rape me! Oh, my God. You know, so, did that work for the guy ninjas, too? <laughs> no, can, can you imagine? That would, that would just be awkward as fuck. It's like, but, but I wasn't, I... And everybody just kind of looks at him and goes, Saito, you fucking asshole. What are you doing? <laughs> this is this is a real thing. So again, like Ninja, they're fucking like, you know, they're thinking, they're thinking outside the box, man. They think outside the box. That is for sure. Okay. Well, where did Mochizuki Chiyome go? By the end of 1573, Takeda Shingen was dead. He allegedly died from either a terminal illness or a long-range marksman who infiltrated his camp. Mochizuki Chiyome had run, uh, uh, had around 300 women working for her as spies and assassins at this time. At the announcement of Takeda Shingen's death, Chiyome and her band of female ninjas seemed to vanish from uh, record. There's no no mention of them after this. Probably because of There's embarrassment, man. They caused so much havoc. I don't know, man, but like you think that like the ninja could kind of just fucking do, do that, that, that though. Well, probably what happened was, I mean, like, you've got all yeah, these shoguns, like, right? And then all these ninja girls come over and steal all their secrets and cause a bunch of shit for them and stuff. So they got all this trouble because of all these girl ninjas. And they're just like, uh, we definitely got to erase these guys from history. Everything that we have on paper, any scrolls about these girl ninjas, let's just put it into the fire because we do not want this getting out because there's the only one word that describes this situation and it is embarrassing. And that is a fact, Jack. Yeah, I mean, like, when you think about it, like, though, that's the whole point. Like, the whole fucking, like, if I, if I didn't mention this earlier, I probably should have, but, like, the whole thing, like, uh, Ninja's wearing, like, you know, the fucking, like, kind of rad-looking black outfit and everything, that that is complete bullshit. Ninjas were spies, man. They, like, you know, they had a role. They had a cover, man. They dressed as a peasant or a merchant or a farmer or just, like, you know, whatever. And these ladies, like, you know, they're all dressed as geisha or prostitutes or fucking, like, you know, priestesses. Just, like, whatever would allow them to freely move around. So, yeah. So, if, if you th if you think about it that way, like, even if this, like, uh, ninja organization was disbanded, like, they could have fucking done anything they wanted. They already had training for another career. They could have jumped right into that and said, yeah, I'm totally a priestess or a geisha or whatever. 
Well, you said a lot of them were prostitutes at first. So, I mean, maybe they went back to the oldest profession. They're like, well, you know, this new profession just really isn't working out. It's a little dangerous, and I got to run away from all these dudes of swords and stuff. But uh, I'd rather run towards the dudes of swords, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, I mean, like, yes, it's fucking completely, like, legit point to make. Uh, okay. There's a great deal of speculation as to what Beta Mochizuki Chiyome met. Some say she was killed by Tokugawa forces after she tried to avenge Shingen's death, while others say that the other lords of the Takeda clan dissolved the female ninja clan or had them killed. Another theory is that Chiyome understood that she could no longer operate without Shingen's guidance and chose to dissolve the clan before retreating into a life of peace, which is the truth. Which which is the truth? Nobody fucking knows. Because they're ninjas. The end of the female ninjas. Yeah. The end of the female ninjas, or was it? Some historians also consider that Chiyome had a falling out with Shingen, and that she was the one actually responsible for his death. Considering the mystery surrounding his demise, it's possible that she poisoned him or shot him herself. Did Mochizuki Chiyome fade into the shadows to live her life out to the fullest? Well, or was she in too deep, struggling against the Tokugawa uprising that would soon dominate Japan? We'll never know, as a good ninja would not leave vital information around lying around to be discovered. So that's basically that. Oh, and man. what do you think? Um, I think it's pretty awesome. I hope that all three of these ninjas actually existed, uh, especially the third one, because the third one was very crafty, man. She basically started a ninja school. She hired runaways, homeless chicks, and prostitutes to become ninjas. She taught them well. She had 300 female ninjas under her belt, dude. That is a lot of spying, dude. That's a lot of fucking ninja stars. Where do ninjas buy their weapons anyway? Is there some kind of like a ninja store or something, some kind of like an underground market or something where they went to and bought all this stuff or whatever. Because I mean, ninjas, they always had like the best like weapons. Did you ever buy ninja weapons when you were a kid? They had those like little bear claw things that would helps you climb walls and they never worked. The throwing stars that you can never throw straight really. They had the blow guns that actually did work. <laughs> the poison wasn't no, real though. No, dude, when I was a kid, man, I thought, I, yeah, I always thought, I always thought that stuff was rad as hell. I did definitely had some of that stuff, but like, uh, I assume with like ninjas, I assume they made their shit, their, their own shit. Actually, like some of the, some of the equipment, like some of the stuff, like, cause I did like a little bit of research on it. Like some of it is pretty cool. It's just like really simple, easy to make stuff. Like, like some of their smoke bombs are just like, they just take an egg, they get some ash, they empty the contents of the egg out and they ground up some ash really fine. And then just like seal an egg up with wax. That's it. That's like their smoke bomb. So it's like an ash bomb. So basically, they throw it down and then ash went everywhere. Yeah. Well, I guess on a windy day is kind of effective, huh? Modern smoke bombs, so much better. Oh man. Well, that's pretty interesting, Tom. Now let me ask you a question. What do you think is the best ninja movie? And you can't say anything with any of those fucking turtles. <laughs> I wasn't going to, man. I don't think the ninja in traditional sense. Ooh, man, that's that's a toughie. Ooh. Fuck, dude, you, you kind of caught me like off guard, man. Easy question. American ninja? No, nah, no, nah, I'm completely fucking with you. Last samurai? No, nah, also fucking with you. I don't know. Revenge of the ninja, maybe. 
Ooh, good one. Revenge of the Ninja, Enter the Ninja, both of those are really good. 13 Assassins could borderline be a ninja movie, but um, yeah, those three are absolutely fantastic picks. Um, there's actually quite a few really amazing ninja movies. Some of the older ones were really great. Did you ever read Ninja Magazine when you were a kid? Oh, I did, man. I did. I had, I had a bunch of those. God, I still, I wish I still had those, man. I had so many ninja magazines and stuff. Why were kids our age so into ninja? Because the generation that was like maybe 10 years above us were all into kung fu. Like everybody loved kung fu about 10 years above us. But our generation, we love the ninja. How did that happen? Was it because we didn't really grow up on like kung fu movies like Bruce Lee and all that shit? He was kind of like a little bit before our time. I think, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think it makes a little bit more sense because because remember if we we've, we've had uh, Jeremy Desher who's like the president of MMA, yeah, so like, he's a little bit older than us and like he you know he was kind of a kid in the seventies. He saw a fucking Bruce Lee movie and you know Bruce Lee do his G condone said that's badass. I want to do that. But I think that kind of, I think the focus kind of shifted. So by the eighties, I think ninjas were, were what's up. So I think how that's did that the, happen? What was the transition? What happened? I mean, Bruce Lee, maybe when Bruce Lee died, all of a sudden, like, all the Kung Fu movies kind of, like, slowed down. No, that's not true, because after Bruce Lee, then Jackie Chan, he kind of, like, after that, a little bit after that, he took over, and Jackie Chan made tons of Kung Fu movies. So, I mean, and then after that, there's, like, tons of Kung Fu movies in that wake. Um, shit, dude, that's weird. How come ninjas became so popular? I mean, I, I, I think, no, but I think, I think you kind of had like a good point going where what you were saying earlier though, because like Bruce Lee just kind of passed away suddenly, like, you know, when he was basically at his fucking in his prime peak career yeah. and then just all of a sudden he's dead. It's like, it's like Michael Jordan retiring. Like, you know, they're just like, you can't fucking replace Bruce Lee. Jackie and Chan. like, you know, yeah, well, eventually Jackie Chan came around, but like, that wasn't like Jackie Chan didn't get really hit it big in America until the nineties though. So you've got that kind of gap, I think, uh, I think where Kung Fu and like that kind of thing, like maybe kind of stagnated a little bit. And then I think, I guess like Ninja was kind of close. Yo, man, I know exactly what happened. Picture this. It's the 1970s and Bruce Lee is like the most popular Kung Fu artist. He's making movie after movie after movie after movie. Everybody loves him, but he dies. And Hollywood freaks the fuck out. I mean, they just go ape shit, man. Their moneymaker is gone. So then they got to get the next big thing. So then this dumbass Hollywood producer decides to go to Asia to find the next Bruce Lee. So he tells his assistant to buy a ticket to Hong Kong. But his assistant didn't know the difference between Hong Kong, Shanghai, Tokyo, or whatever. So the assistant bought a ticket to Tokyo gave it to the dumbass producer, and he didn't realize it either. He gets on the airplane, and he flies to Tokyo. It's like 1976. He gets off the airplane, and he's walking around, and he's like, holy shit, man. Here I am in Asia, and now I'm going to find my Bruce Lee. And so he starts going to dojo, to dojo, to dojo, and he's looking at all these people doing martial arts or whatever, and he's like, well, this is pretty cool. And he starts talking to some like dojo masters, right? He's like, yo, I got to bring some of you guys back to Hollywood and make movies. And the dojo master's like, or the karate master, whoever is like, yo, you think this shit is cool? We got something kind of uh, behind the curtains and it's called ninjutsu. So then the dojo master takes this Hollywood producer to a 
ninjutsu school. That guy shits his pants. He's like, oh my God, this is what we need. Forget about Bruce Lee. We need to bring some of this ninja shit back to Hollywood. And that's exactly what he did, man. He got a plane, filled them up with ninjas, and thus the ninja entertainment movie Sega began. And it is all due to one little fuck up. Just think if his assistant would have bought a plane ticket to Norway. Dude, we would have had Viking movies in the 1980s. I mean, yeah, you could you could argue that. You could also argue, like, I think Steven Seagal in his heyday had kind of a big, like, uh, impact in martial arts movie. And, he was an, and Steven Seagal was actually a legit martial artist. So he, he lived in Japan for a long time, lived in Osaka and speaks fluent Japanese. And he's, even, he's even got a half kid running around. Yeah, I don't know about Steven Seagal, dude. That guy's pretty big, man. I mean, if that guy tried to do any kind of martial arts on you, all you got to do is kind of walk away, and he can't just keep up, you know? (laughs) After about two steps, he's going to be, I'll get you. He pulls on his revolver. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, he's he's getting pretty hefty. But, I mean, back in his heyday, like, you know, he was kind of a big deal. But, like, yeah, I remember, like, he had one movie come out like, you know, fucking dangerous ground or something. And like one of my friends was like, yeah, it's dangerous. If you go, if you go near the buffet table. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh man. Steven Seagal. God, how many movies has that guy made? That guy made like one good movie a long time ago when he was like thin and young. And then after that, he made like 500 movies where he just progressively got older and heavier. And now it's just like Steven Seagal, the blob. And nobody knows if he's the blob or if he's fighting it with like a machine gun. <laughs> uh, no, actually, like, no, I, I, I saw a mo- I, I saw like a YouTube video on that basically explained it all. I think in his heyday, I think that maybe the first five or so movies he did were just like mega hits. And then after that, like, yeah, he uh, he crashed and burned pretty hardcore. But also, he still like movies. Yeah. Then then he went through. Did he go through a, a period of a couple of years? Like he had a like direct to DVD movie every like three or four months. It was just it was insane. God, he's got to be so rich. You know, that's how those Olsen girls became rich from Full House. Those two twins. Right. Those two twins. Yeah. What they did was uh, after Full House, they made like 500 movies that nobody saw but these girls they just kept on getting paid and paid and paid and paid and for them it's just money in the bank they're just making all these movies that nobody's watching and stuff maybe that's the same thing with Steven Seagal maybe he's in some kind of like a weird bizarro contract from the 80s or 90s or something where like pretty much like fucking I don't know maybe MGM is just giving him like fucking 500 million dollars for every movie and all he's doing is just pitching idea after idea after idea to all these producers. And it's just basically the same story again and again and again. He's like, all right, so there I am. I'm the owner of a dojo, and my dojo master gets kidnapped by these thugs. And they're like uh, drug dealers, yeah. And uh, what happens is i got to save my dojo master. And uh, somewhere along the way, he gets murdered. And uh, I fall in love with his daughter. And then i got to revenge his death. And his daughter dies or gets kidnapped. And uh, then i got to revenge her death or her kidnapping or something like that. And in the end, I either mate with her or I mate with her daughter. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't want to get too like this. We're wandering a little bit off topic. Like Steven Seagal like is out there. And also, can I can I personally say the dude's a fucking giant dick? But, I never uh, met him. No. Nah, well, 
Dude, he was on the news for like uh, his female assistant quit because he was essentially choking out one of his sex slaves in front of her. So like, what? It's, it's a story. For, yeah, it's, yeah. He's been a, he's also been accused of sexual assault multiple times. So uh, I I, uh, I tend to think he's not a good guy, and uh, he does have a half Japanese son that's uh, still around Osaka. It's a pretty serious practitioner of martial arts, and like, is uh, even his own kid like thinks he's a giant dick. Holy but, uh, anyway, look, shit! Didn't know that. Yeah. Hi, I'm Steam Skull. Uh, I'm a giant dick. <laughs> it's it's yeah. It, uh, anyway, like we're wandering off topic. That's neither here nor there. But anyway, um. Since we're on the topic of movies, uh, let's. I'm going to read the last couple paragraphs, and then we're going to send it home. Okay, legacy. So uh, again, so this is for uh, the last uh, lady I mentioned, Mojizuki Chiyome. Her legacy. Well, too many video games to mention. I'm dead serious. I counted over 40, and that's hardly all of them. Probably the most notable appearance is she has a minor role in Assassin's Creed Memories. Wait, wait a second. And- Wait, who has all these appearances? What are you talking about? The the, the lady that I spent the bulk of the article, uh, Mojizuki Jiome. Oh, okay. So basically, in all these movies, there are movies about her. Oh, dude, there's there's an assload of fucking fiction and fucking stories and movies and everything. Dude, I sifted through like a boatload of information and like you know, had together this article that was like you know six pages in like a you know a matter of like an hour or two. She, her character was in over 40 video games. Yep. Okay, that's awesome. And then when it comes to movies, oh. I'm, how many movies? Uh, fucking, dude, I, dude this is the point in the article where I, just, I, I couldn't even keep track of them. It's like the fucking, like, I would be reading for like another hour to talk about every fucking like video game and movie and story. So I'm just going to mention, I'm just going to stick to like the fucking, some of the most popular ones. Um... And then there's also Yatsuko Tanami played her in the film uh, Sonata Yukimura no Borikaku, also known as Death of the Shogun, Renegade Ninjas, and the Shogun Assassins. She appears as a major character in David Cudler's young adult historical novel, Risuko. None of which I am familiar with, but they seem to have their decent-sized following on the internet. So, yeah, that's basically it, man. Like, dude, like, Seriously, like it's like a page or two of just like the fucking shit she's appeared in. So, so I just, third... I, 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 no, so like, yeah, dude, like it's, it's an ungodly amount of fucking fiction that she's appeared in. We're talking everything from video games to fucking comics to fucking anime to fucking movies to just like fucking stories. It's just like, it's, it's ungodly. Oh man, that's so, awesome yeah, like, though. So the third one, the third one, this girl, this, the final ninja, she is the most famous of them all. Yeah, basically. You... Did they? Did anybody get any photographs of her or any kind of like paintings of her? Do they know what the, she looked like at all, or is she such an amazing ninja she could have been anybody? Um, no, this is a little bit uh, before photography. There's uh, just like Yasuke, I've seen some fo- photos that are her historical re- re- recreation. So there's photos of what they think she looked like. So a woman at the time, you know, would have been dressed in such and such a clothing. And same, same way with Yasuke, by the way. There's no actual photographs of him, but like. It's guesswork, dude. A lot of this shit's been lost to the sands of time. Man, but that's awesome that they existed, man. That's fucking cool, man. Girl ninjas, man. And how do you pronunciate a girl ninja one more time? Kunoichi. Kunoichi. All right, for all you girl faders out there, time to open up 
your Konoichi, your inside Konoichi, and time to start spying on the man, get some information. <laughs> uh, kill the enemy. <laughs> oh, dude, that's awesome, man. Fucking A, dude. Girl ninjas, that's awesome. And they were just as badass as the guy ninjas. We're not sexist on Got Faded Japan, not in the slightest. So, Tom, man, what's next in the works? Um, I'm going to have to be honest, man. I'm going to have to sit down and think about it. Like, uh, there was another foreign born samurai that I'm, that I've been looking into that he, he's pretty cool guy. And, um, I think maybe probably the last historical article that I would like to do is essentially what makes Japan, Japan based on historical reasoning. Uh, it's an Island. No, no, no. I, I ever, I ever, you, you're just going to have to trust me on this, man. I have a really cool idea of like various historical reasons. So I'm going to cherry pick like certain points of history that like, I don't know, like makes Japan, Japan, like. So what know, makes man. Japan Bear. such a unique place to live in or a unique place to visit or what makes Japanese culture just so unique? Yeah, essentially. It'll be okay. something like that. All right, interesting, man. Yeah, man, whatever you want to do is totally okay. And Faders, also, um, I've heard through the grapevine that we do have a new Faded Films that is almost completed, all right? Uh, they're editing it right now, and it should be in the intertubes in probably about a couple of days or so. So, uh, yeah, definitely stay tuned for that. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a wrap, man. Tom, once again, bravo, bravo. You did an amazing job, dude. Thank you so much for all your hard work. I don't know why you do so much hard work. If I was you, I'd probably be doing half that much. But, dude, you are a ninja, man. You did some ninja work, and you've got some ninja skills, man. And we all applaud you, man. Beers in the air right now in your name, Tommy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tommy. And Faders... Thank you for tuning into this very special episode of Got Faded Japan. You know what to do. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and write something groovy. It is free. And if you want to support us just a little bit more, go to the Patreon page. If you go to the Patreon page and uh, you sign up for that, you get the keys to the castle. We've got so much stuff there. So many different articles, photos, videos. we got music up there. we got tons of stuff there. So go to the Patreon page and sign up. But... Uh, if you can't afford it, it's five bucks a month, but if you can't afford it, hey, man, we completely understand and we still got love for you. Don't worry about it. Tommy, what else do we got? Uh, Facebook and Instagram, check them out. We're updating at least two or three times a day every day. That we is got, uh, true. Pictures, video, like a lot of other crap. And I once again would like to apologize to Chris because we cannot get you udon noodle flavored Doritos. <laughs> Um, actually, I, again, I, I really like this dude. He's been, he's been a fan for like a long time and I, and he has mailed us for it. I do remember talking to him. Hell yeah. I think he's a fucking, yeah. Like, uh, he's a punk rocker out of Wisconsin. Yeah, dude. No, fucking Chris is awesome, man. Fuck yeah, Chris. What's up, dude? Yeah, I talked to him on the phone about a month ago, man. Dude's doing all right, man. Chris calls anytime, man. When you come to Japan, beers on us. That is a fact, Jack. Oh, man. Um, yeah, dude, that's a show, man. It is fucking late, and my drink is empty. Wait, hold on. Mmm. No, that's a gin and tonic. Wow. All right, faders, we'll catch you in a couple of days. Peace. Bye-bye. My own brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse. Lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. God, the pressure! I can't take it! I can't take it! I can't stand it!